soon after Coach Alvarez arrived at Madison from Notre Dame, where he was the defensive coordinator, he put into place a comprehensive plan for how he would run the program, the football program at the University of Wisconsin. He sat down with a room full of coaches as we gathered sport and the growing good coaches who are learning about the profession and how to aspire toward being great coaches in a lot of ways. And he shared some of his insights on how to develop a program, how to start a football program. Coach went through his handbook that he used with players and with staff, and he shared some really specific examples of obstacles he faced and and early successes and challenges he had in developing the program. So as we go through the focus on Wisconsin football, what does the sport mean at the university? What does it mean in the state? And how do we develop as leaders who can affect good in the game of football and beyond in our schools, in our communities, and throughout the state? This was a great opportunity for us to learn from Coach Alvarez on how to run a program. Thanks, Coach, for joining us on Sport and the Growing Good. You should have answers before you get here. Before you say, I'm going to take that job, what do you expect of me? Where is the program today, and are you going to support me? Know what, the, know, what, know what your administrators want from you and make sure they're going to support you. You have to know uh, the lay of the land before you take a job. There's nothing worse um, than having a coach take a job and mid-season complain about lack of facilities, lack of support, lack of academics. It's too late. You took the job already. So you have to find out what's available. When, when I hired uh, the soccer coaches, I said, these are our fields. This is what we have. Don't expect more fields and this, this, we're landlocked. I can't build you anymore. And when I hired a swimming coach, this is what you have. You know, our swimming coach says, water's water. But some swimming coaches want a nicer facility. So know the lay of the land before you take a job. Don't go in there and then complain you don't have this, you don't have that. That's your fault. So um, I knew the lay of the land. What were the problems? What were the problems? I'll go through the problems here. The best players, the number one problem was the best players in the state weren't staying here. The high school coaches, didn't believe in the program, and if I were a high school coach in the state, I wouldn't have believed in it either, because it wasn't being run right. You weren't given your chance. Your, I wouldn't want to send a player here uh, that didn't have a chance to be successful, and they weren't. And so, you know, and I, as I looked around, I, I was at Notre Dame at the time. We had just won the national championship, won 25 of 26 games. Uh, the top two players in the state, I had committed already myself to go to Notre Dame. I'm looking at Iowa, they're going to the Rose Bowl. 11 in their two deep were from Wisconsin. Um, so the top players were leaving. The top players in this state can play any place. So you got to keep them at home. That's the first thing that I said. When I, 
my, my press conference, one of the things I said, I'm going to build a wall around Wisconsin. I'm going to keep the best players here. And I knew then the next thing I had to do was win over the high school coaches. Win them over. So I met with the, there's the Wisconsin uh, High School Football Coaches Association. They have a board of directors. I met with their board. Um, I met with them and, and sat down and told them, your program is important to me. High school football is important to me. What I want to do is help you become, improve high school football in this state. And they grilled me. How are you going to do it? What will you do for us? You know, and I had a plan for them. All right, my plan is I'm going to have, I'm going to have clinics for you. My new staff will have clinics for you around the state. Uh, we have an open, an open door policy where you can call about anything at any time. You can visit anytime. In the spring, you're welcome. Uh, I, will, I will help you run your clinic. I'll bring people in. You guys keep the money, what you make on the clinic. And over the course of that, one, it took one year to win them over. I think I lost one player in the state that year. And then from that time on, the 16 years that I was here, as a head coach, we maybe lost two or three kids that we really wanted. And a lot of that where the high school coaches would tell them, you guys have played, you know your high school coach is an influence on you. Um, and I, I, it, we'd have a clinic every spring. We'd have, you know, we'd build it from 300 to now almost 3,000 coaches come to it. It's one of the biggest clinics in the country. There's one, there's one in Texas bigger, and that's it. And uh, at the end of it, the first day I had, I used to have an hour. I'd give the state of the state of our program. And I had a video made up of every player from the state of Wisconsin. And so I'll, every coach would come into that auditorium and they'd watch it. And then they'd go up there, okay, Leo Musso, uh, Wanakee High School. Thanks, Coach Rice, for sending us Leo. And then have a clip of it. Two clips, three clips in a game. If they didn't play, they'd have two or three clips in practice. And those coaches, I mean, you, you can imagine sitting in that room with 3,000 people, you want to be up there. And I've had, I've had, I used to bring in the top coaches and I can remember some of them saying, God damn you, Alvarez. Those guys will never, they want to be up on that, on that wall. You'll never lose a kid. I said, that's the purpose. I don't want to lose a kid. So I won the coaches over. Okay. Know the lay of the land. We had some facility things we had to do. I thought I could get those done if they just let me go out and raise a little money. They gave me permission to do that uh, and I was able to do it. And if you're having problems off the field in academics and, and discipline-wise, those carry right onto the field. Because if you're spending time, if I'm a coach, and I used to tell my teams this, if I'm spending 20% of my time dealing with issues off the, off the field, my other coaches are doing the same thing, that's 20 more percent that I can be giving to football, that's going to cost us one or two losses a year. If it's 70% of my time in football, 30% off the field, I'm going to lose at least another game. And it goes right in that order. So the more distractions, the more undisciplined action you have off the field, that relays to wins and losses. That's the way I used to equate it. So you need, you need to have everybody focused on winning and everybody taking care of their business. I, I would preach 
you take care of your business off the field, parking tickets, going to class, living the way you're supposed to. Um, that's part of winning on Saturday. If you take care of your business off the field and, you don't have, and you're not worrying about, well, I'm going to get in trouble because I missed that class and the coach is going to find out and he's going to run me and he's going to be mad at me or uh, my parents are coming into the game. I haven't got a room yet. We're, going, we're jumping on the bus. We're going to the hotel. How in the hell are they going to find a room? You're not thinking 100% on that game. So whatever it is, take care of your business off the field so you can give 100%. Obviously, you have issues off the field. Those have to be cleaned up. And those, that's what I see with right there. That, that's pretty easy stuff. That, that's pretty easy stuff. So you take a job. Uh, <clears throat> what do you do? when you first get the job. First of all, before you take the job, um, as I said, you investigate the school. You should devise a plan on how you're going to run your program. And I'm going to go through some of the things that, um, how thorough you have to be with this. You have to devise a plan on how you're going to run your program, uh, what type of athletes you can recruit consistently and then that, that determines how, the style of play. Okay, and so as I'm looking at Wisconsin, um, what, what can I recruit? Where can I, well, let me backtrack. You have to fill your roster with players. Where are you gonna recruit the best players you can get? I already said we're gonna build a wall around the state. Then naturally, the closer you are, the better chance you get for the kids. So you, you, you work Illinois, particularly the Chicago, from Chicago north. You go to Minnesota, because the kids will leave there. Um, bless our state. And because of our, the guys that I was going to hire in my background, I know the East Coast. I grew up in Pittsburgh. One of the guys I was gonna, that I brought in and I had locked up as an assistant recruited the East Coast. New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. I had recruited Ohio and grew up on the Pennsylvania-Ohio border. I knew coaches that we had, we had relationships there. So, and I, another coach that I had locked up to come recruited St. Louis. So that's where we're gonna concentrate on our recruiting areas. Okay, so I, I'm thinking of the type of kids we can bring in. From Wisconsin, you're gonna get, you're gonna get all the linemen you want. And they're a big palookas. <laughs> Al and Ben Johnson showed up when they were in eighth grade at our camp. And Al, Ben, Ben was probably 6'5", 250, he was an eighth grader. Al was bigger then than he is now. Am I telling the truth? Yes. And these guys come in, I'm going to recruit them. Southern Door was, I'm recruiting them now. I'm starting to recruit them. So you spot those guys like that the first time you have camp. So I'm, I know I'm going to get big linemen. I know I can get tough guys. We're going to find a couple skilled players, but not a whole, an abundance, overabundance. So you got to go out. You got to go to the East Coast. That's where we determined uh, we would go to get our skill and fill our roster because we all had contacts there. Okay? And then you devise the plan that you're going to, the style of football that you're going to run. Okay? That's all made up in your head, but there's a lot to do before that. Uh, before I met and interviewed 
I had a, I had a roster of every position. I had three coaches that already told me they were coming with me, plus a strength coach. You can't go in to an interview. If you're going to take a job, go in for an interview and say, I'm going to take the job and then start hiring coaches. You have to have an idea and you got to have some guys with you. And then a, I had a three deep of every position that I was going to hire and I had the defensive coordinator locked up already, the best recruiter uh, that I'd ever been around locked up, and a defensive coach uh, who's an outstanding recruiter uh, that was already locked, that, that was locked up. And another guy was a former uh, Big Ten recruiter from the Chicago area that was locked up. Those guys, so I know I got that, that, that covered. So you got to have an idea of your staff because when you get these jobs, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, I'm just going to say this is a job, the routine thing is the season's over, job opens and you fill it. You fill it right after the first of the year. That's when you can really start working because you can't recruit. You can't go on the road recruiting before that. So you get the job. You have, all, you know, the, you know, the, you take the job because you feel as though the problems can be overcome. And you have a staff that you know can recruit a specific area. Okay? Um, and then as you get there, now it's multitasking. It's have an individual meeting with every player on your team. You got to get to know the, the guys that you have. and get your staff together and recruit at the same time. So, and I'm going to backtrack. First day I took the job. Dan McCarney, Bernie White were hired. I retained a coach that recruited Wisconsin that could get me around Wisconsin. So every day I would take off and I would go see as many of the recruits that we wanted to offer in the state as I could. So it's recruiting as a priority because you can't lose a recruiting class. So we try to hold on to every kid, or get the kids. We flipped two guys that, that had been committed to other schools. Um, the two guys that had committed to me to Notre Dame, one flipped and came to us, and then his mother wouldn't let him come. He ended up going someplace else. Notre Dame pulled his, his scholarship. Uh, so you got to recruit. So I'd recruit all day. I'd come back, and we're trying to fill out the rest of our st staff. So. Dan McCarney, who was our defensive coordinator, he'd sit there and I'd come back and we'd, I'd get back about midnight and we'd have a list of all the coaches who have called and the coaches that we're going through my checklist, the guys that I want to hire, who's called, who we're going to follow up, who we're bringing in, with the guys that we offered the job to say. So you're putting the staff together and you're recruiting at the same time. You have about three weeks before signing day and it's, and it's over and that's your class. So. That's happening, and at the same time, you have to you have to use your days to sell your program. So as I'd be out in if I'm, if I'm in a community, if I'm in uh, uh, Kimberly, Wisconsin, and have a home visit, I'd have something set up in the Fox River Valley where I, with all the high school coaches. So. At dinner time, I'd go and somebody'd have them all else all in the restaurant or someplace for me, and I'd sit there and I'd visit because I'm now I'm trying to get them on my side, tell them what we're going to do, answer questions for. Them. 
okay? I'd get back here very late, not get much sleep, take off again. Next day it might be uh, down around a race scene, meet with those coaches. Anytime that you have free time, you try to get those people that are key to your program, your key donors, alums, um, selling your program, selling yourself. Those are, those are things that you're, you're doing all of that at the same time. You're putting a staff together, and as you hire the staff, you're bringing them in. Um, they get settled, do all their, their paperwork. Um, then you have to meet. Finally, when we put that staff together, um, now you've got to sit down and sell your plan to them. You know, you, so you can see there are so many things going on. I'm, I'm trying to go day by day uh, through this two-week process. If you don't get much sleep, and you got to win your players over, you got to understand your players. Uh, you hire a strength coach, which I did immediately, so he can implement a program so you can start with your players. Um, so as you get the recruiting, and you haven't thought about X's and O's yet. You're just trying to set the, the, the framework and the foundation of your program and, and what, you know, what's going to be standard for it. Okay, once you kind of get that organized, then you have to start explaining what your plan is to the players, to every person that touches the program. Every person from equipment room, trainers, uh, training table, academics, ticket people, anyone that touches the program has to understand how you want them to operate. You know, they have to understand that their, their job's important and you want to tell them exactly what you want from them and what you expect from them because it's, it's, it's all got to tie together. Your, your, um, your organization is going to run how, how it runs day to day and you have to implement that. How they dress, my first day on the job when I walked in I had two secretaries sitting in blue jean sweatshirt smoking. Mm -hmm. Uh, not the image that we want to portray. Mm -hmm. uh, this is how we're, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to change the ceiling tiles because they're <clears> stained <throat> from smoke. <laughs> Get this carpet out of here because it doesn't look good and it stinks. It smells like smoke. Mm -hmm. Have it done in two days. You know? So, secretaries are important. Everybody is important. And this is how, this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to run. And this is how we go day to day. Uh, so the culture that you're expecting your players to play with and live by um, is, is done 24-7, 365. This is how you operate. You know, if you do things properly during the day, during the week, on Saturdays, it's easy. So, um, I just dug a couple, I just I was grabbing before I left, I had quite a few things going on, but Here's what I would do with my staff. So I, now I got my staff together. I get them hired. They've got to know how you operate. So I've got a staff policy book. This is, this is what we're going to live by. And here, here, it's my philosophy. 
what I believe in, what I expect them to believe in. Um, I talk about prejudice. I talk about attitude. I talk about have a section on personal conduct, what I expect of them. I have a section on salary. Uh, talking about we've agreed upon a salary with anybody else. Everybody comes in with a different situation, commands different money. Um, regardless of what anybody else makes or you make, we've agreed on it. You've got, you've got to be satisfied with it. Um, courtesy cars. Everybody got, got a courtesy car. You know, you're not going to argue with you want a bigger car or anything. Somebody's giving you something, giving you something. Take care of it, etc. Our rules and regulations of courtesy car. Dress code. How are we going to dress every day? I made my coaches wear a shirt and tie every day to work for the first till we went to the Rose Bowl. And then I made them wear a shirt and tie Monday through Thursday. I let them have Fridays was casual Friday. But I wanted to change. I wanted to portray an image of, a, of professionalism. And that's how we were going to start. Recruiting. Our, our, our goals in recruiting. The type of player that we wanted to recruit, the areas that we we're going to recruit, what we would sell in recruiting. You know, when I came, I heard all these different uh, reasons why we could, why you couldn't win here, why they hadn't won here. Um, and I sat down with the coaches. Now, my first staff included three coaches that. Um, and this is good for some of you guys who are just starting out in, in coaching. Um, three of them were, were young assistants. Bill Callahan, Kevin Cosgrove, and, and Brad Childress were all young assistants at Illinois. They were grad assistants. They were just elevated. And they were going Jesse's. They would, they, they would recruit hard. And all three of them had my area. You know, I'd try to be first at the school, and I'd get there, and one of their cards would be there all. And I knew they were working hard, and they could recruit. And we, I went to head to head with all three of them. So when I get the job, I'm going to go after the guys that I know work hard. You know, your head coach isn't watching you when you're out recruiting. And some guys are out screwing around, <coughs> and some guys are working hard. So I know those three guys work their fannies off. So I, they were all available, and I, so I hired all three of them. Two of, two of them ended up being head coaches in the NFL. Um, but that's a good lesson. You work hard, people will notice. You don't have to beat your drum. People recognize when you're doing a good job. And they could recruit. So um, our plan and recruiting. So my first question was, as we sat down my, with my first staff, you know, Dan McCarney was with me at Iowa. Dan was a great recruiter, Bernie Wyatt out east. Um, Paul Jett in the south. And so I said, we all know the negatives. What do we have here? What do we sell? When we go on the road now, what are we going to sell about Wisconsin? So we, we came up with a plan on how we're going to recruit. Great city, world-class university. Um, got a chance to play right away. You know, if you go someplace else, you could be the guy that turns the program. All, we came up with a whole list of things. So when you go out, you know, everybody in that room had been recruiting for someone else. 
let's come up with reasons why we could recruit, okay? Or why we could sell Wisconsin, what they could do. <coughs> Talked about fundamentals and how we we're gonna build the program on fundamentals, how we how we run meetings, uh, what we do in pre-practice. It's not just out there messing around. You expect you to be intermingling with players. Um, it's just everything that we're going to do, every phase of our program, I'm going to tell my coaches exactly what I want from them. Academics, how we're going to run academics. That the players, my coaches are responsible for their group of players. If you coach the O-line, you got 18, 19 guys. I expect you to have a book on every one of them, where they are academically, what they need to graduate, um, what classes are in now, what their great current grades are. Every person has is responsible for somebody, and you're gonna you're gonna report to me every week on your guys, and then we're gonna follow up with with our academic people, and we're gonna support them. Offense and defensive philosophy, how we're going to tie those together to win. How we grade players. So you watch a film. How are we going to grade? This is what I want when you grade a player. How we coach on the field. We're going to be positive. We're going to be upbeat. We're going to coach the players. We're going to give them instructions. We're going to give them, uh, we're going to give them some type of positive or negative feedback after every snap. We run a drill, I want you to, if we're running a team drill, I want you to talk to them about what they should anticipate, and after the play, you either tell them you did a great job or this is how you can improve. And you're coaching on the run. Never run a drill, just to run a drill. Make sure that drill carries over to the field. Those are all things I'm gonna explain before we touch the field. Pre-practice, what are you gonna do in pre-practice? Fringe benefits. There are always guys on the staff that want a deal. They're deal guys. And you can really create a lot of problems on the staff if some guys are getting deals and some aren't. So I have, you know, you cover that so you eliminate a problem because I've seen it happen on other staff. So you eliminate a problem before it happens. Um, talk to them about relation, relationship with people. You know, they have any type of meaningful relationship, me with a player, um, player with me, you have to be able to answer three questions. Can I trust you? Are you committed? And do you care? And you have to be able to answer yes on any of those three before you have any type of relationship. I used to ask the players that, you know, especially my first year. I can ask three questions. If you can say yes to all these three, you're, you're, you're in the team, you're in, you bought in. I once had a player, and I'll tell you, this is a good story. Uh, Brian Patterson was his name, recruit from up in Wausau. And I was losing guys. I had 50, 52 guys quit the first year. They just couldn't keep up with this out-of-season program. They weren't used to that. And I think they knew they were out of their league, but Brian Patterson, Single parent homes, mom, father was killed in a car accident. She didn't have a lot, but he's on scholarship. And he and his roommate decide they're going to quit. And he walks in, and his roommate had just quit and walked out. And Brian walks in, he said, Coach, you always say you're going to ask three questions. 
I just ask myself, can you trust me? No, you cannot trust me. <laughs> Am I committed? No, I'm not committed. And do I care? I do not care. <laughs> I'm going to quit. I said, go down and get your goddamn pads on right now. We've got practice in 15 minutes. I wouldn't let him. So he walks out like the lowest, lowest poor soul. Roommate said, you quit? He said, no, he wouldn't let me. <laughs> he went on and graduated and has been very successful since then. Reminds me of that story all the time. Um, how do you win on Saturday? And then I talk about this is our plan to win. I have seven areas to win on, et cetera. So those are things that are, that, that are in my, my coach's the staff policy book. Then a player policy book. What do you expect from your players? And this is something that, and I'll just go through the table of contents. Just these, these are the things we talk about. What do we expect from you? All your rules and regulations. The discipline in our program, how we're going to run our program, the discipline, um, how we're going to hold you accountable for your actions. Weekly truth statement. I had this was for the off season, and every player come in and meet with his coaches, and they fill out what I call a truth statement. It asks basically uh, questions about the week. Did you go to all your classes? Did you take any tests? What grades did you get? Uh, would you do positive for somebody on this campus this week? Uh, how can you improve? Just things like that. But it, it was a way for me to know that the coaches were spending time with their student athletes. Game conduct, how we're going to uh, conduct ourselves in the game. Uh, our travel squad, how we determine that, how we dress, uh, how we operate. It's a business trip. How we communicate with the press, how we deal with bowl games, policies on bowl games, complimentary tickets, how many tickets you get, um, academics, what's expected of you in academics, the drug testing program, training room, rules and regulations in the training room, locker room, weight room, training table, residence halls are rules for where you live and uh, uh, when you can leave the, the dorms, etc. Uh, NC2A regulations. So those are all the things that I want to make sure the players know. I'm not going to take it for granted that between me and their coach that they're going to get it, maybe get it. We're going to be thorough with it. We're going to use two days to go through this. They're going to have the policy book. If they ever had any questions, they can go back and look at it. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it, it's being thorough. It's, it's having a plan, knowing what you believe in, and then getting everybody on the same page. We built a solid foundation. Our first few years, First year, you know, we were just learning. But after that, we were playing with the young kids. And I, you know, you can't, I tell my, some of my guys that I mentor in coaching, you know, young head coaches, guys that played for me at different places, you know, don't compromise. You, you might get beat, but don't compromise your beliefs so that you, you know, you built that into your program. And then you build a consistent program. And, and you guys build into it. And I think, you know, we've had one of the most consistent programs here. And, and that's, I think that's the reason why. We have a, we have a plan to win, and you sell all the players uh, in the program. You know, it's not rocket science.